Listen, buddy, if you're looking for the Diet Frozen Yogurt Bar, it went out of business last summer. Actually, I'm looking for a Batman number 14. to another episode of the Coffee and Comics Podcast. I'm your host, the caffeinated Clinton Robison. On this podcast, I tend to look at a comic or comics-related media in the span of time it takes to have a nice little coffee break. Sometimes I succeed, and sometimes I go a little longer, but c'est la vie, n'est-ce pas? So, without further ado, let's get going. I'm continuing my journey outside of Marvel and DC into some indie territory. This month, we're looking at Angel Fire number 3 from Crusade Comics. Angel Fire number 3 has an October 1997 cover date. Writer for this was Dan Mishkin. Art by Roberto Flores. Lettering by Jeff Zapata. Edited by Tony Bedard. Angel Fire created by William Tucci. No colorist because this is a black and white comic. We open with our hero, Anastasia, clinging to a Soviet rocket that is part of the Angel Fire superweapon. The rocket is blasting off and Anastasia is trying her best to stop it, before falling off and crashing near a greenhouse. Later, aboard an aircraft carrier, Anastasia sits drinking what appears to be coffee, hey, hey and trying to piece together a facial recognition program for a man she previously encountered who went by Warren Peace. Turns out Warren is also known as the mobster Victor Pizzarelli and the KGB agent Anatoly. Anastasia decides to follow up on the Pizzarelli identity by checking out his casino, the Gold Doubloon. She comes across Pizzarelli cleaning up the craps table. Oh, I'm sorry, cleaning up at the craps table. She slaps him and roughs him up and his bodyguards, but just a bit. He tells her to calm down, stop attracting attention. But Victor's Uncle Vito has already taken notice. Victor defuses the situation, and he escorts Anastasia to Vito's office, so they can be alone. Victor and Anastasia use Anastasia's powers to track the energy signature of the Angel Fire controls while Victor gives the reader a few pages of expository background that really only makes sense if you've been following up to this point. Long story short, Victor's story has something to do with helping to stimulate the Russian economy. Somehow. Victor manages to create an energy feedback loop in an effort to bring down the Angel Fire system and the controls with it. Angel fire explodes, and the control system, along with the entire casino, follows suit. Good thing Anastasia pulled the fire alarm a few minutes earlier. Later on, Anastasia and her associate, Joe, are reading the newspaper 
which says Uncle Vito blew up his own casino to collect on insurance. A convenient story planted by Victor slash Warren slash Anatoly. Joe says he'd like to track down but Anastasia says she's semi-retired. The end. Greetings, podcast listener. Do you like... Gotcha, or maybe... Dragon Flame! How about... Tatsuo! Ganido! Or... In the year 1999, an abandoned alien battle fortress crash-landed on the planet Earth. Our most brilliant scientist and engineer spent the next 10 years reconstructing the damaged ship and studying its highly advanced space technology called Robotech. Do you remember... Our Star Blazers! Or this... The year is after Colony 195. As the world constantly changes in the chaotic era, there are two mobile suits that could turn humans into the ultimate weapon. The Wing Zero, and the Epion. Or maybe even this. After the desire for blood pools all, the only hope left is the one they call D. Or this. Team, grappler ships dead ahead! It wouldn't be fun otherwise. Let's do it! Or... If Cardus is allowed to be reborn, she'll destroy Marmo as well as Lodos. Or have you seen the latest episode of... And just like that, everything changed. At that terrible moment, in our hearts, we knew home was a pen. Humanity, cattle. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you should check out Anime Freaks, hosted by Dr. Bill Robinson and me, Gene Hendricks. Anime Freaks is a monthly podcast covering all things anime. It is available at 2TrueFreaks.com and on iTunes under Two True Freaks Presents Anime Freaks. Well, you know what they say. It's best to get the first and last parts of a miniseries if you're not going to get the whole thing. Well, I only got the last, apparently. Okay, so I know I didn't say it earlier, but she appears in this book for about three panels. You know, she, the kabuki... Ninja Samurai, very 90s lady. Yeah, apparently the character was important to issue two, but I'm pretty sure it was a requirement that Crusade's flagship character appear in most any series at some point. You know, kind of like Wolverine over at Marvel during the 90s, but now, okay. So, focusing on the story, I'm honestly not sure what to make of it. I picked this book up out of a cheap bin far over a decade ago. And honestly, I had never read it. So, grabbing it now, I honestly expected to not really like it. I'm still not entirely certain I did. Considering I set the book down at least three times while trying to read through it... <sighs> the story isn't unintelligible. In fact... Despite moving far too quickly, it's still a decent read. By moving too quickly, I mean they force the plot to go along, and instead of just you know letting the reader get there by themselves, it really just takes you by the hand and drags you along. But 
then again, maybe this was intended to be a four or even six issue miniseries, and they were told to cut it to three. Who knows? Either way, the story itself is probably about average. Kind of hackneyed and all that, but still a little enjoyable. The art is that fake manga style that was popular in comics around the late 90s and early aughts. Crusades seem to dabble in this art style a lot, actually, so it's not too surprising. I mean, really, it kind of has like this old Eon Flux liquid television kind of feel if you really want to be picky going back to the early 90s. But, you know. Anyway, if you're used to the manga and anime styles, it, it's not nearly as distracting as it could be. However, if you're used to more traditional superhero art styles, this is going to be a bit of a shock. Several panels lack backgrounds, so I'm not sure if the art was rushed, if it was an intentional thing to try highlighting the characters, or what. A little off-putting. And actually, it took me out of the story. Alright, I'm gonna say it. The G-string sticking up out of my pants look that Anastasia has on the cover, and during a bit of the book, is tacky. Tacky, tacky tacky. Yes, we get it. Anastasia is supposed to be a sexy lady. The art more than conveys that throughout the book, but those curves and highlights are pure 90s. And adding the visible panties is just kind of too much. If this were a parody comic, it would fly, but this just doesn't seem kosher now. It really didn't even seem that great then. So do I suggest you look for this? Uh, I mean, if you want a sampling of what was around then, go for it. Was it worth the quarter or two that I plunked down for this book? Um, that's a solid maybe. I don't regret buying it, but I don't think I'd do it again if I had the choice. So my final verdict is to each their own on this one. Alright, let's take a quick promo break and I'll be back with listener feedback. You like cheap comic books, right? Well, I'm Professor Allen and I talk about cheap comic books on the Quarterbin Podcast. In every episode, I'll dissect a single comic from my collection as long as I paid no more than 25 cents for the issue. Forget about $4 new comics that you can read in four minutes, or crossover events that can cost a hundred bucks to collect. Join me in the quarter bin, where even bad comics are a bargain, and good ones are a steal. The Quarter Bin Podcast is part of the Relatively Geeky Podcast Network. Visit us at relativelygeekypodcast.blogspot.com, or search Relatively Geeky or Quarterbin Podcast and iTunes. I guarantee it'll be worth every penny. And we're back. So before I get into the listener feedback from last episode, I wanted to highlight an iTunes review that we got, and I actually missed on the last episode, so so sorry on that one. This is a five-star review from... Big Ox 737 underscore. Clinton Robinson's podcast is as smooth as a delicious cup of joe. Clinton has a great voice for podcasting. 
He does all kinds of different things on this podcast, which makes for a nice variety. He'll do interviews, have guests, or just do a solo show, and it's always a good time. He covers all different kinds of comics, so you never know what he'll discuss next. Highly recommended. Well, thank you, Big Ox. I'm not sure who you are, but I do appreciate all the kind words, and I'm glad you've been enjoying the show. Okay, so, on to last episode, which was Mortal Kombat Blood and Thunder number one. We got Twitter likes and shares from Long Box of Darkness, Ross Michaud, into the Weird, Doc Strange, that's Billy Delicious, Alan Middleton, Chris at BTO and Bat Books, Sean from Secret Wars and Beyond, Warlock Thanos Podcast, Dylan A. Lang, J. Jones Goldstein, Green Lantern HG, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, Tara Logo Edvaldo, Dave's Comic Heroes Blog, Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist. Charlton Hero. Kirk Spencer loves Sergeant Rock and Atari Force. Dr. Ange. Comics in the Golden Age. Iowa's Joe Crawford. Trekker Talk. Jeffrey Brown. The Longbox Crusade. Donald Burgeon. Vertigais. Laurel at Mountainflower One. Professor Frenzy. It's a show. Jacked Up Podcast, Mitch Markowitz, and Warlord Worlds. On Facebook, we got likes and shares from Gene Hendricks, Pat Sampson, Hal Jordan, Al Sadano, and Ruth and Darren Sutherland. We got some feedback on Twitter. Uh, Green Lantern HG says, Great episode. Can't help to start dancing and punching when I hear the Mortal Kombat theme. And he included a gif of Liu Kang bicycle kicking Baraka with Finish Him. Professor Allen from the Relatively Geeky Network said, Don't know much for the comic, or even the game, but excellent job on the episode. Laurel from Feathers and Foes says, I know nothing about Mortal Kombat and was expecting your normal opening music theme. Wow, that was a sudden surprise. Well, I'm glad somebody got a little bit of a surprise and enjoyment out of it, Laurel. Or at least I hope it was enjoyment. All right, so that seems to be all the feedback we got on the last episode. So that seems to do it. So just a little quick reminder that you can always... Uh, check out the website, coffeeandcomicspodcast.blogspot.com to see any extras that might be posted, like images from this book. And you can always get in contact with me on Twitter at coffeecomicsblg or email me at coffeeandcomicspodcast at gmail.com. So, just a quick reminder before we go that this is the place where the comics are never too old and the coffee is never too cold. This has been a Coffee and Comics production. All material referenced herein is copyright the respective owners and is believed covered under fair use. Feedback can be left by emailing coffeeandcomicspodcast at gmail.com, visiting the website at coffeeandcomicspodcast.blogspot.com, or on Twitter at coffeecomicsblg. 